So we're up to Simon, uh, we finished last week Simon Peites. I told you we're si- skipping Simon Sadi. So we're up to Simon Sadi Aleph. Now, before we get to Simon Sadi Aleph, there's basically two sugis I wanted to cover this week. Before we get to Simon Sadi Aleph, I printed out one sheet. The one sheet is related to the last thing we learned in Simon Peites. It's a very, a very interesting uh, minig. The last thing we did was in Simon Peites, the Shulchan Aruch finishes off talking about whether you could have one knife from Milchik and Fleshik. And he says, while technically you could wash it off, the minig of Klal Yisrael is we have two separate kalim, we have two separate knives from Milchik and for Fleshik. That's the Shulchan Aruch says. So over here, this is from a Sefer Tesefis Halach of Oitzar Chuvas, where he, in, in Ois Chavdalid, he brings down over here a very, uh, very important, interesting minig. Now, it, the concept of separating kalim from milchik and fleishik, obviously that became the minig of Klal Yisrael. The truth is, if you want to have one set of dishes, and you want to just go back and forth, kasher, back and forth, conceptually that should be allowed. Or stam, you have a set of milchik kalim, and you want to make a fleishik. You, you no longer want it to be milchik, you want to make a fleishik. Conceptually, you should be able to kasher it, and it's now, uh, you could change it. And that's how Svardim hold. The Midik amongst Ashkenazim, going back for about 400 years, is we don't do that. So he brings down over here, Bechlal HaMinig HaOmer, Liyachid Kli Basar Kli included in the Minig of having special Kalim for Milchik and Fleshik, Kosvik Achroinim, the Magan Avram, so you're talking about the mid-1600s, the Magan Avram brings down, Shanoyegim Shaloy Lahagel Kli Basari, the minig of Ashkenazim for over 400 years is we do not go back and forth between Milchik and Fleshik. Even if you cash it in between, the minig is we don't do that. Why? Why can't you do that? You have a set of Milchik dishes, you want to make them Fleshik. We don't do that. We don't cash it. Why not? Says the Magen Avram, because we're afraid that if you're going to start going back and forth, what's going to end up happening? You'll be cheap. You want to save some money. You'll say, I just need one set of dishes. I only eat fleshik, uh, you know, milchik once a week. So I'll have one set of dishes, fleshik only. And when I want to be milchik, I'll kasher it. And what's going to end up happening? You're going to forget to kasher it once. We don't, we don't, we don't do this. So the minig of Ashkenazim is we do not kasher from milchik to fleshik or vice versa. Now, you could ask a kasher. Uh, everyone, if you have an oven, right? We've talked about this in the past, and we'll get into ovens later on, not today, but in the future Simonim. An oven is supposed to be dedicated to either milchik or fleshik. You're not supposed to go back and forth. The oven should not be both. That's not a good thing. So let's say you have a fleshik oven. Most people make their ovens fleshik. Every once in a while, you want to make a milchik. So you kasher it. Nobody ever says that you're not allowed to kasher from milchik to fleshik. Why not? So, the truth is, in the next paragraph, he says, If you only have one set of dishes, meaning, in a case where it's very difficult, meaning, the minig is a very nice thing to do, but if it wasn't feasible, meaning, the purpose of the minig is to motivate you to have two sets of dishes. Historically, it was too expensive to have two ovens. They never had two ovens. That was, that was a luxury that Americans knew. That was not a thing. And you can have all the men hug him you want. It's not going to work to motivate you to get two ovens. Because historically, an oven 
was only they only had one, Rebelski says you can go back and forth because the minig was not niskabel regarding those type of kalim. Now, so what are some of the heterim to go back and forth? So there's basically three heterim that I'm aware. First of all, if you want to make something parav, you could. So if you want to go from fleshik to parav, you could do that, or from milchik to parav. So you can kasher to go to parav. Now, by the way, once it's parav, you want to then change it to milchik. Okay. The the the, the marsham writes that after a while you can do that. You have to know exactly what it means after a while. You can't play a full game, but you go from milchik to parav, and then a couple weeks, a couple months later, you want to go make the fleshik. Okay, that's not so terrible. The only other hatayrim are as follows. In the next paragraph, he says klisha nitraf. Let's say you have a milchik set of dishes. So you want to make them fleshik. You can't, you can't go to fleshik. That's the minig of Ashkenazim. What if they became treif? Accidentally. A cleaning lady used them for something not kosher. So you have to kasher it anyway. Once you have to kasher it anyway, then you could choose what you want. So the primogodim brings down that historically, if someone had milchik dishes, they want to make the fleshik, they would make a treif. They would go to a guy and say, do me a favor, use my kalim. And then once it's treif, you can cash it. That sounds like a... The only other etza is you wait for Pesach, right? Pesach, when people... Ca- we don't... Nowadays, people just have Pesach dishes. But historically, they would cash the dishes from, the, from, from Chametz to Pesach. I don't understand that. Why, why it's good enough uh, to do on Pesach and it's not good enough to do... What do you mean? All year around, you just said it's... it's you like- can't go from milchik to fleshik. You're going to, to, to Pesach. Yeah, you go. No, you're going from non-kosher to kosher because you're going from chametz to, to, to Pesach. So you're kashering it anyway. Once you're kashering it anyway, if you want to switch it, meaning let's say you have spoons that are milchik and you're kashering it for Pesach, you want to then change your fleshik. Go ahead. You're kashering it anyway. There's no restrictions if it's being kashered. Also, he does bring down that let's say you bought dishes, or let's say you gave me a set of dishes that were milchik. I don't want to use them. I never used them before. I want to make them fleshik. According to some opinions, you could. Because it's not my set of dishes that I'm going back and forth. I'm, I, I'm sort of acquiring them new for the first time. Then there's more malcolm to be mako. So what would you say? You might be going back and forth. So <coughs> more kasher is like a status change almost? No, no. Kashering is not part of the minig. The minig was only from milchik to fleshik. If it's going from kosher to, non-kosher to kosher, then that was not pachal of minig. Right. So one last thing is, the shayla is, let's say it wasn't used for 12 months. There's a sheet of Rav Yaakov Emden. It's a very interesting sheet of Rav Yaakov Emden. He holds that after 12 months, it doesn't need to be kashered. All the flavor is gone. Now that's a very massive heter when it comes to porcelain. Right, I, dishwashers. Dishwashers, china. These items that cannot be kashered, so the pashas, you throw it out. So there was this shita that after 12 months it's moter. Now whether we paskin like that or not, it's a very big debate. Pashtas not. Pashtas we don't straight up hold like this. But Rav Moshe said, for going back and forth from milchik to fleshik, after 12 months, it's not the end of the world. The whole thing is a minute. It's been 12 months, so you could argue after 12 months the flavor is gone. So Rav Moshe says if you kasher it three times after 12 months, then it's fine. Because it's such a shita that also holds that if you kasher something for three times, then it was not Bechlal Aminik. So if you put all of this together, okay, so it's something. All right. Um, let's start Simon. Good? Okay, let's start Simon Sadi Aleph. What I want to do is like this. Simon Sadi Aleph, we're getting into like the crux of like real halachas now. Um, so I want to read Sif Aleph and Sif Beis, just in the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. And then I printed out for you something. That basically is where I took the second sif.
and I wrote about it in a very practical way. And it's a little easier than going through these very long shachs. I think it'll just be easier to go through this. The Shulchan Aruch in Tzadi Aleph is describing the following situation. We know that when something, uh, for there to make something non-kosher, you n- usually need heat. That's the general rule. If everything's cold, it's going to be fine. You rinse it off and you're good to go, right? You take a milchic spoon, a fleshic spoon, and you eat cereal with a cold cereal, the spoon's kosher, the cereal is kosher, you just got to rinse off the spoon. Okay. The question is, are you lichachila allowed to do that? So the answer is no, because we're afraid that you might come to forget to rinse it off. Meaning, you want to take a fleshic spoon lichachila and have some ice cream. So you're going to say, what's the problem? The answer is, we're afraid that you may not rinse off the spoon properly, and then you'll use that fleshic spoon with milchic residue. You see what I'm talking about? Fleshic spoon with milchic residue, and we're afraid that it'll transfer flavors. So that's the potential issue. The Shulchan Aruch writes like this. Let's say you have a piece of cheese and a piece of meat that touch each other. They touch each other. The Shaila, should we leave open the doors and they see us? But then you definitely hear everything. Uh, the if a piece of cheese and a piece of meat that touch each other. So what's the halacha? Everything's cold. So halacha is mutarim. It's mutar. You just have to rinse it off. Meaning we're afraid that if you have a piece of pastrami that touches a piece of cheese, the piece of cheese will have pastrami juice on the outside and the cheese will have, and then the pastrami will have cheese residue. So you rinse it off. You rinse it with cold water and you're fine. And they're allowed to be on the same shelf in the fridge, and we're not afraid that they'll come in contact with each other. Okay. Now, the question is, are you allowed to lichachila do that? No. You can't lichachila have cheese. You want to save room. You're, 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 uh, you're, uh, you're traveling, and you want to save room in your cooler. And you're like, listen, instead of having the cheese and the pastrami separate, let me just put them together. I'll wrap them together. I'll rinse it off when I get home. Of course you can't do that. Pashit, no, 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 uh, from Jew would ever do such a thing. Says the Shulchan Aruch, let me read the Shulchan Aruch, and then I'll read the Ramah. Uh, I'll read the Shulchan Aruch. <laughs> it's okay. It can come from anywhere. So the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah writes like this. I'll read the Shulchan Aruch, I'll read the Ramah, and then we'll go through the Shaila. Um, and I think it's very Negea. Kol midi diboy hadacha. Anything that needs to be rinsed. Kigoyin laniach baser heter tsayin in ah. What's an example of things that need to be rinsed? So I said the pastrami and the cheese. Another example. What if I want to take meat, kosher meat, cold meat, and I want to put it in a non-kosher dish? I have a non-kosher dish. I want to put them together. So it's fine. What's the problem? It's cold. Everything's cold. So you got to rinse it off. We'll see why you have to rinse it off. You have to rinse it off. So I'll rinse it off. Trust me. I'll, I'll rinse it off. Let me just keep it here. I'll rinse it off afterwards. Says the Shulchan Aruch. Also you're not lechachila initially allowed to do it. Why? Because we're afraid that you'll forget to rinse it off. Now, what about raw meat? Raw meat, it's natural when people cook, they usually rinse off raw meat. So if you rinse off raw meat, normally we're not afraid you're not going to forget, then it's fine. Then you could put raw meat in a non-kosher dish as long as everything's cold because you're going to rinse it off anyway. Doesn't raw meat absorb juices from no. the tray? No. If everything's cold, it's not going to absorb anything. It's like veins and... It's not going to absorb anything. Cold meat, raw meat, no salt, it's going to be fine. Now, the Ramah says this, though. This is the kicker. Look at the Ramah, and we'll see where the Ramah is coming from. We'll go through a tshuva together. It's only an issue 
to have meat because meat has some moisture, so you have to rinse it off. Avodavriyavish mamish, but you know, beef jerky, which is mamish dry, you could put that in the dish. There's nothing, you don't even need to rinse it off. If the dish was only used for cold non kosher, Okay, so the Ramah is saying, if I want to put something dry, hold on one second. So the Ramah is discussing whether, and you'll see why this is incredibly negaya in a moment, the Ramah is discussing, are you allowed to put, so before you get to the Ramah, are you allowed to put kosher food in a non-kosher dish? The answer is no, because you have to rinse it off. Says the Ramah, if it's super dry, and the dish was only became non-kosher through cold, so it's not really non-kosher, it became non-kosher through storing cold liquid. Let's say you put non-kosher cold pig juice in a dish, I don't know, whatever. Then it's fine. Okay. So in other words, according to the Ramah, if the dish became treif through heat, which is all non-kosher dishes, you cannot put anything in it ever. Now, the reason why this is Negeya, now, there's a couple things you have to talk about. First of all, why not? Right? I want to put a cold salad. I'll tell you how it's Negeya. You're going to a non-kosher restaurant for a business meeting. They know that you can't eat anything in the restaurant, but they want you to have cut-up apples, sliced apples. So they have a special knife that they use for the apples, or a salad. They open up a bag of salad and pour it onto the dish. According to the Ramah, if that dish became treif through heat, which it did, you're not allowed to put food directly on it at all, because it has to be rinsed off first. Which means, according to the Ramah, a couple things. You're never allowed to use a non-kosher dish at all, ever. Number two, why? Right, why? Meaning, it's, it's completely clean and dry. Like, what's the issue? We have to figure that out. What, what exactly is the issue? But according to the Ramah, that means that you can't go to a bar and have soda... In uh, you know, I'll, I'll say metal cup, because we'll talk about glass in a little bit. Metal, you can't use half soda. You can't, and nothing, nothing can be placed in a non-kosher dish ever. Now, there's a very, very long shach. What about having like a Starbucks coffee in a pulcheras? Sometimes these cafes serving pulcheras. Hot is never allowed to be used in a non-kosher place, ever. People always buy Starbucks coffee, no? In a klicheres. I mean, not a kacharis, but no, so they could go into a, in a, a what? cafe and, and use their cups. No? They should not, a from Jew to go into a non-kosher place and to take hot coffee and to use a klicheris is absolutely not allowed. Not allowed. Uh, no, no, so, for sure not allowed. When they go to cafe, like Starbucks, they usually take a disposable, uh, you know, cup to go, but to use a klicheris. So glass also is the same issue, oh, so, the glass, a glass goes through a, uh, a dishwasher. Oh, so we'll cut up our glasses in a second. So there's a very long shach. So to save us time, so you have in front of you, uh, I'm not doing this in a gaiva way, it's other, I couldn't remember what I wrote about it. This is uh, something, I, this is from the second sefer I wrote, while I was looking through it, I was like, whoa, I remember half of this stuff. Um, so th- this is, we'll run through it together. Um, it's in Simul Ahmed Bey's Makar The reason why it's Negeya is because I was asked once, I was called someone, he was going to his house for Shabbos, his parents' house for Shabbos, and his parents are not Shemir Kashrus. It's Kalem Atrev. But they wanted to, to, to get, they said, we understand it can't be hot, it'll be cold, we'll have deli, whatever it is, 
We want to make you accommodate. The problem is, according to the Shema, you can't put any food in Kalim. So what's the Heta? Is there a Heta? So let's run through it together. I, I wrote it up. We'll just run through it together. We'll read it, and I think it'll become uh, fairly clear. So, So again, I was asked to Shaila that uh, someone whose parents, he's a Baal his parents aren't from, the parents' Kalim are not, uh, not kosher, because if they're not Shemesh Shabbos, then you have to assume that the Kalim are not kosher. Shonach ba'yisav v'husarisa means that the kelim we use for non-kosher food. Emotor leniach ba'yheter machlo heter tzaynin. But they have cold cold food in the kelim. They want to have soda. They want to have uh, you know deli sandwich uh, or a salad. Uh, cold. Is there a problem? And is there a difference between doing this on a frequent basis or an infrequent basis? And there is a is there a difference in materials? Okay. So before we get to the sheet of the Ramah, I, I just let's just clarify just one thing that's important to remember. This is actually a very sadistic paragraph just for the laws of Kashras. Before we entertain the Shaila, Yesh let's just clarify. It's poshit and simple. That's what we are talking about before. To have hot food in non-kosher kalim is never allowed under any circumstance ever. And it's one of those things where if everyone else is doing it, so it's a mice of a sayus of Yaakov, I don't know if it's true. But they say that uh, someone was uh, once in Yeshiva and he was he, he was making fun of a kid, he called him four eyes, called him fat or whatever, called him some pudgy, whatever, gave him a nickname. And uh, they say it's Rav Yaakov, but insert your Gadol name there. So uh, the Gadol said, why, why, how would you make fun of another Jew and make fun of him? Give him such a not nice nickname. So he said, the whole yeshiva calls him this. Everyone calls him that. So supposedly the Gadol responded, there's room again for the entire yeshiva. Meaning, <laughs> so other people do it, doesn't make him mutter. So to put something hot in a non-kosher dish is Avada Osir Lukuliyal Malachol Adeis. Now, why Because there's going to be non-kosher flavor going from the dish through the heat into your food. And let's say the dish wasn't used in 24 hours. So you go to McDonald's and you say, okay, I have kosher hot food. I'm going to put it into your non-kosher dish. Of course it's awesome. It wasn't used in 24 hours. After 24 hours, the flavor in the pots, the flavor in the walls of the dish are putrid. It's no sintam gum, And it doesn't have the ability to create a nisa, assuming you're not cooking onions and things that, assuming you're not cooking anything that's, uh, you know, my goodness. So, so even if it, if it wasn't used 24 hours, it, it should still be okay. And I said uh, outside, you'll see it inside, I'll, I'll say it outside, the Shulchan Aruch and Yeridea, Simen Tzadi Gimel, Simen Kuf Gimel, Simen Kuf Chof Beis, they all say the same thing, which is, it's Gezeira Enaben Yoimai, Otobas Yoimai. That we don't allow you to use a dish after 24 hours because we're afraid that you might come to use the dish within 24 hours. So if you go into McDonald's and you have a frying pan that's clean and you want to make a kosher burger in the frying pan, it's awesome. I, the frying pan wasn't used in 24 hours, so the flavor that the frying pan is pumping into your meat is putrid. The answer is true, but there's a rabbinic prohibition on the person to use this frying pan lest you come to use that frying pan within 24 hours. So to use a non-kosher dish is never going to be allowed for heat. Even if the kalim wasn't used within 24 hours, so the question is, can I put cold food 
in a non-kosher dish. So we reference this Ramah. So let's look at the Mechaber. Kasev Mechaber. So I quote this Mechaber. The Mechaber says, "Also aniach heter tzayin al karet tzayin enishibas iser ubediyevin eminichu v'otayin amachal adoch." The Shulchan Aruch tells us that you're not allowed to put food into a non-kosher dish, and if you do, you have to rinse it off. And the source of the Shulchan Aruch is from the Itter. Fine. So the Darki Moshe has a kasha on the Shulchan Aruch. Again, the Shulchan Aruch says you cannot put anything into a non-kosher dish. So the Darki Moshe, this is all in this very long shach. I'm just summarizing it in one paragraph. The Darki Moshe has a kasha. There's two kashas he has. First of all, the Gemara in Psachim tells us, that you're allowed to put matzah, cold matzah, into a chametz dish. So you see, it is allowed. So how could the Shulchan Aruch say it's not allowed? And kasha number two is, The Aruch Chaim says that, let's say you have a, you go to an estate sale, right? And you find a non-kosher dish. And you want to make it into a salt shaker. So you put salt in it. He says it's allowed. Well, hey, well, well, you should have to rinse it off. Well, 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 well. Why? It's a non-kosher dish. You're not allowed to put food in a non-kosher dish. So because of these two kashas, kosev adarki moshe lechalik shem isa sheinunach b'kli hayitzayin imut lanich b'tzayin yavish ba'kroi avosay rich b'tzayin lach b'afil kshudach hakli b'chos lanich b'machol cham afil yavish. The darki moshe basically says it depends on how it became treif. If it became treif through cold, through salting, through pickling, then it's allowed. If it became treif through hot, not allowed ever. So. In the end of this paragraph, I wrote, According to the Ramah, if the kli became treif through heat, you're never allowed to use it at all. Even cold, even every once in a while, also. So that basically means, like what we learned before, that that had to about going ahead and giving the dish to a guy. That would that wouldn't work then. What do you mean? We just mentioned before that if someone wants to go ahead and transfer, let's say, milchas to flayships, right? And uh, and the milchas. No, no, but then you'd have to cash it. He's talking about before you cash it. Oh. He's talking about. Well, it's a good point, but he's talking about before you cash it. So according to the Ramah, you're never allowed to use a dish at all. That that's trade. Now the sh- allowed to go into a tray for the grocery, like Whole Foods, and buy a piece of salmon. Let's say skin on a piece that was cut with. The so, the no, so that so that we'll get to that we'll get to that's Simin Sadi Vav um, in the Shulchan Aruch he talks about knives. Uh, the truth is it's not lechachila and you have to rinse it off. It's a problem lechachila. It okay. Technically, it's fine, but that's that some of the traif in the knife. That's why you rinse it off. The oil no may have gone into the. No, no, the no, no, it doesn't. So work oil, washing it off makes rinsing it, it off, and, and you're supposed to scrape the surface. Scrape the surface. That we'll get into. That's that's called grade. Dr. Yomi, I don't remember where we came up with the fish. Remember that you're that you're able to go at let's say uh, you go to Costco. You can go ahead and buy. That's because that's that's assuming. Yes, you you could eat fish that is cut up, but there's a side issue, which is there's two there's two separate issues. The shaila is, can you eat the fish mitzad? How do you know the fish is kosher? Right. Then once you identify the fish, let's say you have the skin on, or let's say salmon is always kosher because it has a distinct color. Then there's a separate issue, which is how do they cut it? Now the concern is they cut it with the same knife that they just cut a crab or whatever, cut a a lobster. So for that, the Shulchan Aruch says in Simen Sadi Zayin and Sadi Vav that the Shulchan Aruch tells us 
that because it's everything's cold, all you have to do is rinse it off really well and scrape the surface. That's why it's not ideal to do such a thing, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be tray. For that's more of a side shadow. Which, so, which is scraping it's chatchul Yeah, but but again, you got to know how to do it. Now but that we'll get to later on. So over here, so according to the Ramah, you're not allowed to use a non-kosher dish at all for cold. So that means according to the Ramah, if you go into a non-kosher restaurant for a business meeting. Even if they open up a bag of salad, and it's a dry salad, no good. Says the shach, hashach sham herach lodin. The shach has a kash on this. The shach doesn't understand. It's a very, very long shach, but the shach is basically bothered by the following question, which is, it doesn't make sense. If everything's cold, what are you concerned about? Right? What's the concern? You have a cold, clean plate, and you have cold, clean salad. What's the, what am I missing? So says the shach, the shach, therefore, has his own approach. And the shach says, if the plate is super clean, then it's fine. The only time it's usher is if the plate is maybe dirty, or you don't know that it's clean. So you go to someone's house, you don't know how clean the dishes are, you can't use their kalim. But if you know that the kalim are clean, like in a restaurant where they have someone who they pay, to, it's supposed to be clean, then the, the, the shach holds, you're allowed to use it for cold, Every once in a while. I mean, you can't do this every day. Ba'akroi. you could use it. So if you... In the next paragraph, Even if the kli became treif, as long as it's clean, you can put cold kosher food on it every once in a while. Okay? So according to the shach, all right, now we're in business. You want to take a cold treif spoon and you want to have cold ice cream, as long as it's clean, the shach is fine with it, every once in a while. You go to, let's, I mean, I'm thinking of an ice cream house, that let's say it's ice cream you know is kosher, but they're serving in glass. So everything, it's cold, cold too cold. In that instance, it should be essentially fine, no? True. I, I will say this, though, just as a side. Um, if the ice cream has flavors that are non-kosher, you can't eat that. I just want to make that point clear because that's the whole famous Bas- Baskin Robbins right. thing. People used to go to Baskin Robbins. That's ridiculous. If there's non-kosher flavors there, then uh, you're eating treif because they don't rinse it well. They don't rinse off the spoons well. They go from one flavor to the next. They just have a little thing of water just to loosen the ice cream. Growing up, remember when there was Baskin Robbins? Yeah, I remember. We used to always go. Uh, everyone used to go there to eat. Maybe you didn't. Oh, right? I wouldn't touch it. We used to always go there. It's not. Uh, not okay. Well, you know, it's one of those, you know, thank God, Klal Yisrael, Chatasi, and we figure No, because think about it. If you just think about it, if some of the kalim, if some of the flavors are non, non-kosher, so a guy walks in, they want some uh, Rocky Road, so you get, you get that, and then they want vanilla, so what do they do? They, they, they uh, mix it like this, so it's got residue, non-kosher residue, and now you have ice, you have non-kosher, and that's not kalim, that's, you got non-kosher ice cream in your ice cream. That's a vada problem. That's why Carvel is an issue. Like the Carvel, well, uh, no, well, the Carvel, usually, the one over here, all the flavors are kosher. No, what I'm saying is there are Carvels that, that, that are not, that, that don't have hashkacha, but even though the ice cream is kosher. Correct. So the issue, that's, Correct. that's yeah, why, I, I, like, I, I, when I, you go to a ball game, if you want to go to a baseball game, yeah, and, and they, they serve over their soft serve, right? Yeah, I'm not and, touching that. But it, but it's, technically, it might be kosher. Uh, but, I'll be honest with you, if it doesn't have hashkacha, I'm not touching 100%. it. But, but even if it has a hashkacha, Unless the entire store is under the hechsher, right. I'm not messing. If there's some flavors of ice cream that are non-kosher, they're all non-kosher to me. I'm not, I'm not messing around with this. The point is over here, so the shach holds that if everything is clean, then, then there's more makam to be maple. Why is he using Lashon HaLakrai and not Bidiyadim? 
Because Akro just means every once in a while. It's, I'm saying it's, it's not busy Ebed. He, he's just saying that Lichachili, you could do it if you don't do it all the time. So it's Shachachach? No, it's just, he doesn't want you to do it if, 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 let's say you want to go to a non-kosher restaurant and you want to use a non-kosher fork to pierce uh, a cold salad. So the Shach would say it's fine as long as it's a clean fork, really, really clean. But to do that every day... No good, because what's going to end up happening is you get too accustomed to using non-kosher forks, you're going to start using it for hot. So it's, it's just the difference is how often, in frequency. Now, here's the, the key, though. Go to the next paragraph. The shach at the very end throws in one line, and that is klicheres. The shach feels, here, hashach may be machloikis bein or rishonim linen klicheres. Yesh oimim she klicheres shenivl ba'iser afim kinchu yafa in l'shamash re'afilut tzayin lach. The Shach Paskins, that Kli Cheres is a problem, even cold. The reason is because Kli Cheres uh, cannot be kashered. It's The way we look at Kli Cheres is that it's so saturated, that it's so porous, it's so filled with non-kosher, you actually can't kasher it properly because you can never get rid of all of it. So because it's so saturated, the Shach feels you cannot use Kli Cheres ever. What about our Kli Cheres, which is... Still the same thing. No, but we, are, we always... Porcelain Kli Cheres is always glazed. Glazed is Kli Cheres. Glazed is Kli Cheres. Glazed is porous. We pass in that glazed is Kli Cheres. Glazed is not glass. Glazed is Kli Cheres. Meaning, gla- the glaze is the glass, but the, the actual vessel itself has is it China. It's going into the... Into you don't see it. Right. Do you see things going into a metal spoon? I don't see things ever going in. But it's bailea. In halach, it's bailea. So klicheres is so absorbent that you can never use it according to the shach. And Ramosha finds the paskins this way, which means if you go into a non kosher restaurant and they bring you uh, cold ice cream on China, China's klicheres, the shach would say it's aser. So just to summarize so far, if you want to ever use a non-kosher dish for cold kosher food, the Ramos says no. The Shach would tell you it has to not be cheres, and it has to be super clean, and it has to be on occasion. Okay, so now, that's a tricky thing, because that's, that's, that's pretty limiting. So this is, we'll, we'll talk this one last Shiloh. We'll run through the Marmachimus, because it's good to see this inside, and that is glass. So let's analyze glass for a second. So, let's talk about glass. We know the halacha of metal. We know the halacha of china and porcelain and, 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 and glazed, gla- glazed uh, you know, por- china and all that stuff. That's klicheres. What about glass? A bunch of glass. Pyrax, Duralax, glass. So, kol zehu klicheres. We've already covered the laws of mateches and cheres. But what about glass? Yishlaim. Because glass can go either way. Glass can either be super mutter or super usser. So let's analyze what is glass in halach. So if you go to the next paragraph, leinin hilchas pesach. It's good to see these mamakoimis inside. I've mentioned them many times throughout the shiurim in the past, but I think it's kedai to see it inside. Let's talk about pesach, right? We know that when it comes to pesach, if you want to kasher from chametz to pesach, you have to kasher the kalim. So we know that you're able to kasher metal. We know you're not able to kasher uh, cheres. China and porcelain, we do not kasher. So the shaila is, what about glass? So, the Indian Hilchas Pesach, Yesh Mebucha Gedolim Penach Admoinim, Vapoiskim, Imyochel Hagaklis Chuchis, Kidishamish Pesach Edema Insar. Glass by Pesach is interesting. If you look amongst the Rishonim, it's two opposite views. 
you either don't need to kasher it because it's not as absorbent at all. All you got to do is just rinse it off and you're good to go. Or it's so absorbent, it cannot be kasher. And those are the two options. There's no in-between when it comes to glass. Glass is either not kasherable for Pesach or doesn't need to be kasher. So let's see it inside. The first one that talked about it was Rav Yichil. The Mordechai brings down from Yichil, one of the Rishonim, He brings, he starts off the discussion by saying glass is China. Cannot be kasher for Pesach, which is obviously, by the way, we're going to see, that's the Ashkenazic custom. This is what he writes in, 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 in Meseches Psachim. Rabbi Yechiel Meparis if you have glass cups that you use throughout the year for chametz, you're not allowed to use it on Pesach. So the the the, the, the Achim Paris says that we treat glass as charis and it cannot be kasher. I told you once I had a, a lady from the neighborhood call me up years ago, and she was asking me. Um, she wants to know how to kasher glass by filling it up for three days in a row, cold water. So I said, that's we we don't do that. We don't kasher glass for Pesach. So she was a little bit uh, sharp with me. Again, she's my mother's age. And I was 24 at the time, 25. She said, I'm not asking you whether we kasha. I'm asking you how to kasha. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so then so then she said, so to fill it up three times in a row, does it be the same water? So I said, well, the filling up three times in a row, that's when the glass was only used for cold. It was never used for hot. So I told her how to fill it up three times in a row, but I just remarked, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, whether, okay. But I, I'm not going to fight with her. She calls me back the next day. She had another shayla. And she said, you know... I spoke to Rabbi Olbaum. Apparently, you can't kasha glass. I was like, okay, this is good to know. Okay, good to know. Fine, shine. So, so, so the first that that Ashkenazi minig is from Rabbi Chiyon in Paris that we treat glass as cheres. V'chein he v'chein and that's also the opinion of trumas adeshen. Go to the next paragraph just to save some time. The opposite is the das. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Two paragraphs later, you have many Rishonim who say that glass does not absorb at all. Glass is like, uh, it's, so, it's so smooth that nothing penetrates it. So it's not chametz because it can't become chametz stick. What do you have to do? You have to rinse it off. Make sure there's no chametz on the surface. You're good to go. So according to that opinion, you could just use chametz glasses on Pesach, but just rinse it off cold water. Even with hot things? Hot it? things. It's not porous. It's not chametz stick. It can't become chametz stick. Who is that opinion? The Rav The Rav says, You could take a non-kosher glass. It's fine. It's not It's not balea. It's not balea at all. And I, I, just to save some time, if you look in this paragraph, I quote all the Rishonim that say this. Now, how do we paskin? Practical halacha on Pesach. It's Machlegas Ashkenazim and Svardim. La locha nechluku bezebne Ashkenaz visvarad. The difference is Svardim and Ashkenazim. The dasa mechaber, the Svardim hold, ain't sarach lahagan klitzchuchis. Svardim hold, you don't have to kasha glass for Pesach because it's not porous at all. The Shulchan Aruch writes, klitzchuchis afil machnis and lakim, afil mishamish and mechamen, ain't sarum shum hechsher, shen boilum, shtif of amasaglu. The Shulchan Aruch writes that glass does not become chametz, so it doesn't have to be kasher. However, the 
Ramah, two lines later, I quote the Ramah, the Ramah says that the meaning of Ashkenaz, the opposite opinion, the opposite extreme, is that glass cannot become kosher. And that's Ashkenaz. And that's the meaning of Ashkenazim. So when it comes to Pesach, glass, you have Svarazim and Ashkenazim. Okay? So when I used to see this, my mother likes to go to flea markets and to go to these estate sales. So she would get glasses a lot. And she would want to serve it at the Shabbos table. And I would say no. Because it was used possibly for, for treif. And Ashkenazim hold it can't become kosher by Pesach. And I assumed that the same halacha by Pesach applies throughout the year. That is not correct. In the next paragraph, Das Harbi Achroinim, Many Ashkenazim, many Poiskim hold that even though the Ashkenazim are Machmer on Pesach to say that glass cannot become kashered, that's only for the Chumrah of Chametz because Chametz is so severe. But the truth is, throughout the year, even Ashkenazim hold like the Sfardim that glass is not porous at all. So when you say that you have a treif glass, no, you don't. Glass cannot become treif throughout the year. Who says this? The Sefer Beis Lachem Yehuda. He writes, Although the Ramo is Machmer on Pesach, That's only true with Chometz. Right. Regular throughout the year, glass cannot become treif, even amongst Ashkenazim. In writes, the that chametz is more severe. Meaning, by chametz, because the severity of a drop of chametz was super strict, but throughout the year we're mekel. The Yad Yehuda also says this. Uh, the only one who says that we're machmer, Rabbi Shafaitzin also, Rabbi Shafaitzin says, Me'etzim adin, we paskin like the Sephardim. Even on Pesach, it's a chumrah. And they're not machmer throughout the year. The only one who says that glass is a problem throughout the year was Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky held that way, but the majority of Achorinim say that glass throughout the year cannot become treif. So by the way, a couple things. Yuj that means you took a, you know, chres, you took a milchik cup, a milchik mug, and you accidentally poured hot chicken soup. It's fun. Because it can't, throughout the year, it doesn't become treif. You go to an estate sale, you buy glasses from a guy, you could use them throughout the year, it's fine. So going back to our shayla, you're in a, you go, you go to a restaurant, you could take a glass cup and use it for cold, and potentially you could even use it for hot, conceptually. So going back to the cafe thing, the cappuccino thing, whatever. Klicheres, absolutely not. But glass, I wouldn't do it personally. I'm not having hot dye. Well, personally, it just... Huh? Well, you obviously have to make sure that there's no schmutz of Yisurim. But if it's if it's glass, there's more muckling than So by the way, so that means that if you go to someone's... Practical halacha. You go to someone's house. I had this. My grandmother's cousin, when we went to Florida, um, we, when we went to Florida when my grandmother was alive, and they were also alive. Uh, we wanted to see my cousin Sammy and Evelyn. Sammy and Evelyn. Old school Long Island Jews in the 90s. like you know. uh, And so when I went, they knew that we were Orthodox. So they tried to have respect. I told you this, Maisa, that um, I, I went to visit them once. And then the next year we went to visit them again in Boca. 
The second year, he told me he was upset for one year. He's older. He was thinking about this for one year. He said, how come you didn't kiss my mezuzah when you walked into my house? He thought that I did it on purpose because I felt that his mezuzah was not written bekashas. I said, I, like for one year, he was like, I said, I, I forgot. I just forgot to touch him. I'm sorry. And I went, I, I pushed over. So I remember when he came, he was, he was makbid about not to, he wanted to give us soda. And he was makbid how to do it. He gave us a can. He knew that, you know, like a full can, open it. So, so I remember, so he asked me how, I said, you could pass me a glass. Because again, a glass, according to this, is more makbid. So if you ever find yourself in a place with a kalim and not kosher, and there's no disposable kalim available, and you need to use a cleave for whatever reason. So if it's... So just to summarize the sheets, we'll end with this. If it's cheres, you never allowed to use it at all. Cheres, never allowed to use it, even if it's cold and dry, clean, doesn't matter. If it's metal, the Ramah says aser. The shach would say that if it's clean and you're using it for cold, occasionally it's okay. And if it's glass... Mamish Mutter. I will stop here. If I buy, uh, let's say, a 